Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Bankroll Burners, the podcast for poker players who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And uh, this week, we're going to be, we're kind of fresh off a session we played uh, in Philadelphia. Josh and I were in Philadelphia uh, for a uh, convention. Um, and uh, in the evening, we, we we went to one of the popular poker rooms in Philly, which is Philly Live. Uh, and I got to say, I, I thought it was a pretty nice, pretty nice room. What, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I mean, I think it was good. The the action was pretty solid. Um, a lot of tables. I'm 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 probably a bit spoiled by like the cleanliness of casinos because I like Encore Boston is one of like the nice you know it's new and it's very very nice. But yeah, I agree. I thought it, I thought it was I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I don't know if like when like clean is a um is a common adjective associated with casinos. <laughs> right. To be right. Exactly. <laughs> But like you know that like you know, Encore Boston really is. Yes, just... absolutely, because it's new. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I probably definitely a lot of the casinos in Vegas are pretty clean as well. But I, I would say in general, casinos aren't necessarily the the cleanest of places. Um, yeah, I would say Philly Live was a little. It wasn't clean. Let's say that. But you know. <laughs> Never, nevertheless, it was nice. Uh, it was nice staff. Really, really good, fast dealers. All of them. The whole time we played, they were all really good. I liked the dealers a lot. I think that a lot of dealers uh, who maybe aren't as experienced or something don't know, you know, the the kind of tips and tricks to move a game along. You know, how many times you've been to a showdown where both players just sit there with their cards face down for like oh more than a minute, and there was none of that here. You know, it was really it was like showdown. Show me, like pointed directly yes. at the player and said flip over your cards like which is yeah. awesome and really keeps things moving absolutely i mean i think it's undervalued like how much a good dealer can add to a game you know i think i think that that is is really honestly pretty awesome so yeah uh, so yeah and and also we we did play in the two five game uh, which was a big game i mean josh and i did not buy in for that much we bought in for around 100 big blinds each to start the night but everyone at the table was sitting like deep as as heck i mean it was like 300 400 500 big lines deep for a while well so. well yes and it was basically a 2 5 10 game also the straddle was on probably 80 percent of the time there were a couple of people at the table who either didn't straddle you know they, they didn't straddle often or you know they, they forgot to put their straddle in or they just straddled once in a while but yes yeah. there was there was a lot of straddling it was a big game definitely a, a shot take for me um but it, it went it went very well for me i i successfully shot took so can't complain yeah, yeah, you had quite the big win, and I had quite the big loss. So, was, as usual, we told usual. you guys before. We told you guys before. One of us does well. Uh, yep, that's sort of uh, the tradition. So, but no, it was it was a good night. It was a lot of fun, and the table was really good. The guys were actiony. Um, there was we had the seven deuce game going. We were doing bomb pots. Like Josh said, the straddle was on pretty much every hand. So it was it was fun. It was a really fun table. Yeah, we just saw some bizarre hands, like, too, from, like, a couple maniacs that just were just, like, throwing chips around. But also, we're, like, playing solid and aggressively sometimes. So it was kind of a fun fun game to play and wa even watch when, when you weren't in a hand. Yeah, I will say, this game was tough, you know, in a lot of ways. Like, I would say there was only, like, at any given time, there were only one or two people at the table who didn't really know what they were doing. For the most part, people kind of were students of the game in some capacity. So Yeah, I think uh, that's fair. But anyway, 
I think we'll start with with a hand here. I I, I had a really bad night, and I, I think for the most part it was just I ran bad. But this hand, I'm pretty sure I just played abysmally. Uh, and I would really like to get your thoughts on how I could have played it better. Uh, I can tell you up front, one of them is going to be fold pre. So let's just get that out of the way. But I did not, I did not fold pre. So all right, fold um, pre, fold pre. Yeah, I should really just fold pre. So all right, now moving on to my hand. No, I... <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I, I love this idea that like, oh, if your hand is a fold pre, then it never really should have happened. So the, there's no learning to be had from the rest of the hand. It's like, okay. Yeah. I'm sure that, I'm sure that the, like, you know, everyone plays perfectly pre-flop and never, never makes a bad pre-flop call. So. No, no, I, I completely agree. And it's also like, they're really, it's just, there are really interesting situations where, you know, if you call pre-flop with like some weak suited connector hand and like you hit a pair, like you're kind of obligated to like, you know, if it's heads up, like go at least one street, and that's just like sure. very awkward. And like, you know, one of those that's like the situation that I mainly think of. Well, you know, if you just fold, then you don't need to deal with this nearly as much. Yeah, I really wish that my hand was as good as a suited connector, but anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, we are we are 650 effective. I'm, of course, the effective stack. We are 2510, eight handed, and under the gun is going to open us up to $30. Um, okay. And that was the standard and that was the standard open. You know, sometimes it does get bigger than three X, but two five ten, pretty much everyone was opening to thirty when the straddle was on. Yes, exactly. Yep. And this player is one of the bad players at the table. Um Excellent. Yep. So under the gun opens thirty. Uh, this guy was very passive, uh, very sort of like classic live poker player. And the cutoff, who is um uh, fairly solid, uh calls. And then I don't remember who the cutoff was actually, but I, I'm just, just, it might've even been you. I'm not actually sure. But anyway, cutoff calls, uh, in which case, you know, the statement of it being very, fairly solid, obviously wrong. Um, but cutoff, yep, another, another bad player. <laughs> yep. So cutoff calls, uh, and I'm in the big blind, which is of course the middle blind. Um, it wasn't and, me then. It was the guy on my right. Okay. The, okay. Uh, yeah. Who was also okay. solid. I think the yes, the guy on your right was FSL. All right. All right. So solid player and cutoff calls. I'm in the big blind with with uh, queen of clubs, ten of spades, and I call. Okay, I mean, I honestly don't don't hate that too much. Like, you have a lot of like you can definitely make a lot of strong hands and interact well with Broadway boards. And I, I, the guy on your left, if I recall correctly, was relatively passive. The guy on my left was an OMC, so I'm not really worried about him calling behind, to be honest. Right, uh, or three betting is what I'd really be concerned about. Like a lot of the times, but... that I mean. If I had called with a strong hand and he three bet, it's the easiest lay down in the world. So, <laughs> um, so I actually don't hate that. I mean, you're getting that. You're getting like good odds. You know, don't mind. I mean, it's it's not the best hand to take, but you know, there's nothing wrong with with getting that VPEP up. We how else are you gonna burn the bankroll? Right, exactly. So I call, and the OMC in the straddle does call as well. This is one of the only times he straddles. Um, and so we are four ways to a flop, one twenty in the pot, and the flop is jack of hearts 10 of diamonds nine of diamonds okay we do not have a diamond correct we do not have a diamond we have a 10. Um, yep. and we have an open-ended straight draw yep. uh, of course if, if a king comes we do lose to ace queen yeah um so that's and we could already be like dead to king queen like any player here could have king queen that's correct as well, yes. And also, obviously, it's a very wet board from a flushing perspective as well. And there's all sorts... I mean, players could have 
you know, I mean, someone could have eight, seven here. Like, you know, there's, this is a scary board. Yeah. Um, and under the gun, uh, so I check, I check straddle checks. I, there's no merit to leading out here. I would think, um, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, under the gun who it was the original razor bets 80, which is, you know, I actually think appropriate sizing for this flop, I would say, I, because this is, this flop is very likely to connect with all of us in the field. And so if you're going to bet, I think you should bet very infrequently, first of all. And if you're going to bet, I think you should bet rather large. So I actually like the sizing. I wouldn't even mind it like a hundred bucks from him. You know, that's what I, Yeah. I, I think this is a great spot to kind of polarize and bet fewer hands. Like there are a lot of hands you can kind of check back that have, you know, a lot, some value, but maybe not a ton, but there are a lot of really strong hands. I mean, there are not a lot. There are some really strong hands that he can have as well. You know, king, queen, jacks, tens, jack, ten, ten, nine. But but the problem is, like, you guys can also have most of those hands. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, for exa for example, I think it would be insane to bet like ace, ace here from his spot. Right. Um, so, um, especially for the sizing. So, because uh, you know, if you get check raise, it sucks. Um. Yeah. So he bets, and the cutoff folds, and so it's on me. And well, what do you want? What do you want to do here? Well, I think I want to call. I mean, I I don't. I think we've we, we've definitely talked quite a bit about sort of pair draw combinations. You know, especially when he's polarizing his range. You know, I I think I, I think just calling is in order. There are still a lot of ways we can improve um, the straddle, as you said, is kind of it's was basically an OMC. So he is likely to fold as well, and we'll get a heads up and can can continue to evaluate. Mm -hmm. um, right. I mean, he's never going to check raise as a bluff here. I mean, if if the straddle, if I call in the straddle check raises, this is a, once again an extremely easy laydown. So, right. So I, I I like just calling here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's far too nitty to fold. Also, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um. So yeah, I do call. I call the eighty, and the straddle does indeed get out of the way. So we are heads up. Um. And so we now have uh, two eighty in the pot. My math is correct. Um, uh, yes, two eighty in the pot. <clears throat> yeah. So, and the turn is a brick. It's a six of spades. And I check uh, once again. It's just, I mean, I don't even know what my leading range could possibly be on this card. So I think I just have to check. Okay. And and he now does something very interesting, which is he bets a hundred dollars. So remember, last street he bet eighty, and this street he bets a hundred dollars. Right. And remember, this is a very, like, we have already seen at this point that this guy is very much like a classic low-stakes live player. So I think I pretty much know exactly what his hand is at this point. But what do you think? So, I mean, I think it's definitely possible that he just has, like, an overpair here. Just mm -hmm. because, like, you know, I I think I I tend to agree with you that overpairs might be a bit too thin to include in your polarization range on Jack-10-9. Uh, I still might do it sometimes, but I think most people are probably going to sort of take that mindset of like, um, you know, I have an overpair. I want to prevent people from sucking out on me. Right. You know, like that kind of like weird logic that doesn't really make sense if you like think about it more. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking here is like he, it seems like a, a board where you definitely just have an overpair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Like, I think, you know, just. 
it bears thinking about, you know, saying for a sec, like, well, why is that bad logic? You know, why shouldn't I, on such a wet board, why don't I want to bet my overpair to prevent people from sucking out on me? And the answer is because people can raise you a lot on that board. And, you know, you're going to, you will get blown off your equity a lot, you know, because if you get check raised on that board, man, and you have, if you have aces, I mean, you should probably fold. I mean, I think king king is maybe a bit better because you're blocking the double blocking the nuts, but um, I think ace ace is probably a fold if you get check raised on that board, especially if you take such a large sizing. I mean, you, would you probably agree with that? Yeah, and I mean, I I also just think it's kind of a psychological thing where people think I want to not get sucked out on, but like if you don't get sucked out on, then like you're not getting called by worse hands. Which yeah. is like the whole point of betting. Like if you are value betting, you want to get called like in that spot by queen ten, right? Oh, right, I want right. to bet big and fold out queen ten so they don't suck out on me. It's like no, you you are like significantly ahead of that hand and you want to get called by it. So exactly, that's yeah. like that's that's kind of the the logic there. But anyway, yeah, I mean this this is kind of what this bet size because the bet sizing is just not like consistent here, right? He's if he had a super strong hand or a super or like or like ace x of diamonds, I would expect him to continue betting uh, on the larger side. The the one piece I would say that maybe it, it still could be one of those hands is looking at stack sizes. If you know there's two eighty in the pot and it's five forty effective, so if, if he bets a hundred and you call, then you're gonna have like four forty left and the pot's gonna be four eighty. So it's if he's actually like thinking about this, which it sounds like he's not. But just something to consider that that this sizing could just be like basically setting up for a pot sized river shove. I think that that's an excellent point, and I think if if like so, so someone if it was another type of player like most of the players at the table who were thinking about the game, you know, I I, I do think that this there's a lot less to read into this bet size. But because we kind of at this point in the night knew what this guy was about, um, I think that very clearly this is an overpair or, or a jack, you know. Yep. Um. And he's just like, this is a see where I'm at bet. That's what I think this is. Very, it's it's a classic like see where I'm at bet. Like, is my jack still good? I I don't know. Let's find out. Yep, that's that's my uh, that's my li- this is my live poker joke of the day for 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 most for this type of player. C bet stands for see where I'm at bet. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. Oh my God, I think I want to cut that. Um, uh, yeah. So, what do you want to do here? Well, I mean, if he's got an, if we kind of are able to narrow his range pretty well to like mostly overpairs, then then I'm kind of on board turning our hand into a bluff at this point. Because I mean, the best overpair for him to continue with is like pocket queens, probably, because sure. it has a lot of equity against like all your hands and is double blocking the nuts. And <laughs> we have a queen, so like and like we we block the nuts. We still have like a ton of equity against overpairs. So yeah. I I kind of want to start turning this hand into a bluff. I agree. I agree with that. I mean, we look. I mean, so if we just look at the pots for a second, you know, it's 380 now after his bed, and I have to call 100. So I'm actually, one thing I just want to point out, and this is what I was thinking about in the moment, is I actually have direct odds to call. Okay. Because I don't think, like, I'm getting about four to one, which is enough, more than enough direct odds to call with, with an open ender. Uh, if we think that I'm always good when I make my draw, which, unless he has exactly King Jack, I am. Um, so I most like, you know, most of the time it's good. Uh, so I, that was what I thought in the moment. Um, and I also think if we're going to turn our hand into a bluff, it's just a shove, right? Uh, right. And I think that, you know, there we can like, 
what we we can kind of think about this from like a fold equity perspective too, right? We can. I haven't done a whole lot of work with like fold equity calculators and stuff, but they are out there, and like this is a great spot to like look at one and basically think, you know, how often does he have to fold for for like it to be worth turning our hand into a bluff here? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember exactly who this player was, but it is possible that this is the type of player that if this is the guy that I think it is, then like it's possible that he's just like not folding over pairs particularly often. In which yeah. case, it still might might just be better to call with the direct odds. Yeah, and that's that is this player uh, that you're thinking of. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think that that's the other thing. The other consideration is like he probably isn't ever folding an overpair because he's so sticky. Um, but he might. I mean, not some people can make here even when they aren't normally hero folders. They will sometimes. You know, like, I mean, what, what are we th- like? How big is the jam here? I, I, we were at, um, we had five seventy left in the. No, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. We have five forty, five forty left. Um, and so we are going to jam into three eighty. We're going to put five forty in. So that's like an over pot size jam. No, it's it is a little it is a little under. It's it's close to pot. I'm sorry. I, I'm just thinking from an MDF calculation, uh, from minimum defense frequency calculation. We're we're risking 540 to win 380, so we need to win. I think more. It needs to work. I think more than. Um, God, I don't even remember how to do MDF calculations anymore. And off the top of my head, do you, as you see, we've both we've both really studied the theoreticals and have them well memorized. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just quickly. I just. Pulled up a fold fold equity calculator online. You know, if the pot size is two eighty, they bet a hundred. We're shoving for five forty, and I don't. I estimated like twenty percent equity when called, and I don't know. It's we'd have to like look at his range, but man, maybe it's a That's little bit higher. It's, pro- it's probably twenty twenty six. So basically, they need to fold half the time for okay. it to be pro- for it to break even. Okay. Um. So. I don't know that he is folding half the time, knowing how sticky this dude is. To be honest, yeah, with you. and that's just, this is like an interesting tool that I definitely should should use more for this sort of thing because I think this is like an interesting thing to you know think about. Basically, if we can get him off half his, and he might not always have an overpair. I mean, there's the I, other thing, but then he also might have strong or weak hand. So, so if if we if he has to fold half the time, I don't know. I think I think it's close, and I think against a lot of players, you can you can definitely do this. I mean, well, and at some tables, it's like printing money. Like you know, people are just going to fold overpair uh, overpairs a hundred percent of the time to right. this shove. But to I this mean, guy, very sticky. You know, I, I can see just a call with the direct odds. Yeah, I think so. I, I was really coming into this thinking that because I did call. I'll tell you, I did call. But I was really coming into this this podcast thinking like I really screwed up and should have turned my hand into a bluff. But now that we've talked through it and I'm glad you pulled that calculator up because I actually think that would have been a spew versus this player because he was so sticky, like throughout the night, he made some just, I was like, how did you make this call many times? So, yes, I was the beneficiary of one of those when he called me and said, Ace King was good and was quite sad to see my set. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I did just call River Bricks out. Okay. Uh, the river's like a three. I mean, at this point, what do we just wave the white flag? Yeah, I mean, if if he's if he wasn't gonna fold to the check jam, he's not gonna fall. He's not gonna fold to a dunk jam when all the draws missed, right? 
Yeah, I think that's fair. And so I do check. He checks quickly, checks back, and shows Ace Jack of Spades. So okay, and the, you know, Ace Jack is actually one of the hands that like, uh, and it's just probably a small part of his range compared to all the over pairs. Ace Jack suited. Right. It's like slight, you know, it's slightly smaller. But I feel like that is a hand that like he can maybe fold more often, like because like kings and queens have better blockers to straights, and you know, they he might think of it more as like, oh, I can still hit a straight, but. Like, Ace-Jack is maybe a hand we could have gotten him to fold. So I, I wasn't really thinking about Ace-Jack because we were thinking about over pairs, but they, that might actually kind of swing the pendulum back in the other direction, where if he has enough hands that are not over pairs that he is folding, that might... Yeah, I think he has, like, Ace-Jack and some King-Jack, probably. Um, yeah, I just think it's interesting because I don't think he has, like, King-Queen or a set a whole lot just because of his sizing. Oh, for sure. I think he never has a strong hand, has played. I actually think he never has a strong hand. Then I think it's pretty close, right? Like yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty close. Yeah, it's it is. I I guess I I mean I don't want to be results oriented, like he happened to have ace jack, but if you look at his right. entire range, you know, he has lots of he has probably a lot more over pairs. Um Right. So I I I think it's probably one I shouldn't lose sleep over. I guess that's my conclusion of this conversation. Yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, it can never be that terrible to call when you with a draw when you have direct odds. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think this hand is probably also just never terrible to just jam because like it it does like have fold equity against most most players. So I think it's and I, I agree. I don't think it's something to lose a whole lot of sleep over. Yeah, yeah, and as you pointed out, we are we are blocking enough. So okay, let's move along. Sure. So my hand here is, is from the same game, and I think this is a this is kind of an interesting hand where I just kind of was a little bit paralyzed at on in a couple situations and, and feel like I didn't get the full value from you know what my opponent's full range. So um let's hop into it. Yeah. So I am in the straddle in this game, so it's playing two five ten, and we are about six hundred effective. Okay. Um it is actually gonna fold this this Luka. is early in the night, right? This is early in the night. I think this is, okay. one, this is one of the first hands I played, and I think that may have had something to deal with it, just because it is, you know, again, a little bit higher than the stakes I usually play. You know, taking a shot was kind of trying to start off by playing a little bit more ABC than maybe I otherwise would, just to get comfortable with the game. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the the small blind is going to limp in, and I think the small blind is uh, is the small blind is a pretty solid player at this point. Um, I, you know, he, I think he, he definitely like was bluffing a good amount. He was opening a solid number of hands. He also was limping sometimes. And I'm just like, I'm not exactly sure what hands he was limping because it, it just was like weird hand. I feel like he showed down some of them and they were just weird hands. This, it, it folds to him in the small yeah. one. Okay. Yes. And, okay. And, he limped. Okay. and I, I think he, he is like the, the, the kind of the young guy who, Ope, who was the the cutoff from your last hand, and I thought he was like pretty solid, but he also just like made some weird decisions. So he, he can't he can't be that solid if he's limping from the small blind. Well, I, I'm actually pot. I actually don't know that I necessarily agree. Like I think in the, when you get into the blind, when it folds to the blinds, I think you are supposed to mix in some limps. You know, because was, yeah, like I. I don't hate it because I think you want to be able to play a ton of hands from those positions. Like this is just me thinking out loud here. This could be totally wrong. And, and someone might be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But I kind of think when I think about myself in the small blind, you know, in a, in a three blind game, of course, you know, I want to be able to play a lot of hands from the blinds. So 
I would rather develop a limping range and, you know, I need to make sure it's balanced, uh, you know, like maybe put some, like maybe add some limp re-raises in there, you know, put some suited wheel aces type hands, um, you know, in that limping range. But I, I think developing a limping range in the blinds is probably appropriate. I, I would have, especially in a game where like people kind of know what's going on like that game. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. And I was definitely the the blinds also kind of definitely added to my confusion throughout the rest of the hand. I was just kind of not not sure. You know, anyway, let's 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 continue through and we can we can keep talking through it. But yeah, anyway, yeah. the small the small blind limps and I look down on the in the straddle at ace 10 of spades. Uh, so I'm going to raise raise this one up. It's the the big blind is folded, so it's just me and him. Uh, mm -hmm. I make it I make it 30. Uh, okay. and uh, and he calls. Sure. Seems fine. I mean, I think I don't really know how you're supposed to size that. Are you supposed to go 35? Like, I don't know. It probably doesn't matter, but it's a little weird, right? Because I'm like in position on him, which is nice. So I also think, like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think your sizing's fine. So you make it 30 and he calls. Okay. So the pot's 65, uh, and, and he's going to, and the flop is going to come out nine of hearts, eight of spades, seven of hearts. Okay, so you have an open-ended straight draw and a backdoor spade draw, correct? Right, and now he ch and he's going to check it to me. Sure, I think he can lead on this board a lot, probably. Um, although you know your range is quite right as well, so maybe he's not really supposed to. Um, yeah, but... and this is another spot where I'm like, damn, like you know, it's it's in the blinds. I'm like, I don't know, you know, if because I feel like ordinarily as the preflop raiser, this is definitely a hand, uh, a board that we can polarize on, similar to sort of the last board that you were talking about mm -hmm. it's a similar texture 987 with a flush draw but because like i should be raising quite a lot of hands from the straddle you know i'm not sure if this hand is in like the top x percent that i can bet you know having the backdoor flush draw and an open ender and you know since he's probably limping and playing a number of hands you know whether he has just so many like whiffs on this board you know that i should just be betting like more often because it's blind versus blind yeah, yeah. Okay. Sorry, can you remind me? It, there is a front door heart draw out there. Yes, or is yep, it rainbow? Correct. Okay. Yep. Um, I like a small bet here, to be honest with you, because it, like I, I hear what you're saying. Like this is normally like blinds are blind versus blind is weird because normally you would want to polarize on this board, absolutely. But and you would be checking like a lot. But I think blind versus blind, like he is, he has especially because he limp called. He has so many hands so many hands like right you might bet and get called by a worse hand here you like, think about it. like you yeah, really could. absolutely <laughs> so like like even if you didn't have a flat like if you just had ace high you're like ace deuce you know you could bet and get called by like six x you know so like it's it's really like yeah i want to bet here i want to bet small i want to bet most of my hands here i honestly even though this board is so scary i want to bet a large volume of hands i don't I mean, if you think this player is going to be doing a lot of raising, then okay, fine, maybe you check. But unless I, I don't know. I, I just want to, I just want to bet. I think. Yeah, it's, it was just really, really interesting to me because I was thinking, you know, a lot of the hands that he's folding are going to be like worse than me anyway. Like, what, what's he calling that's worse than me? Like, I don't know. Queen Jack is like a big one. I, you know, two overs in a gutter. Uh, but, Queen Ten, King Ten. I guess yeah. they're sort of the biggest ones. So or like six four. You know, right. like, and it, let's say he could also call you with like six, seven, right? Bottom pair. Yeah. And you're behind that hand, but you're not that far behind that hand. And you also can cooler that hand. Um, so, yeah. 
It's okay. just one of these. It's one of these situations where I was just like, I, and and I think you're probably right that it's almost like the reverse of like a four bet pot where you, where like ranges get so narrow that you should just see bet a lot. Where here, like range, ranges are because ranges are so wide that he's he just has so many hands he like has to give up or are just like low equity that that if he you know I, if he's not playing properly and like obviously it would suck to get raised here, but I probably can just like ex, you know bet a lot of hands here. And, and here's the thing: if you get raised, you can call. Because you have an open ender. So yeah. you can yeah. call. You have the equity yeah. to call already. So I really just want to like, I just want to bet $20. So yeah. Well, I checked back because I was like, I couldn't really, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was like, wow, this is so weird. Like blind versus blind, mm -hmm. you know, polar. And I was trying, trying, kind of thinking about polarization and better hands than I have, which like I do have a lot of better hands because like I can have a lot of, or, or stronger draws. I should, you know, I can have mm -hmm. sets. You know, pocket tens, pocket jacks, uh, all basically like a lot of good heart draws. So I, I decided to check it back, and I think I think you're right that I can probably just bet like a lot of hands here, and this is definitely one of them. Okay, all right, well that's fine. I don't think checking is horrendous. So okay, you check. And the turn is now going to come the ten of hearts. Oh my god! This is oh my god. Okay. So it's nine of hearts, eight of spades, seven of hearts, ten of hearts. So we make top top, but the board is now four to a straight. Uh, any jack or six makes a straight. And uh, there's also three hearts. Yep. And he's going to check again. And again, oh. this is a spot where I kind of sit here and think. And I'm like, is this a spot where I can kind of like, you know, is a spot where I can bet small for like super thin value to deny equity from one heart hand now that he's checked? Like, is this a spot where I should, like, try and depolarize and, like, bet big and get called by something? Uh, and I think right now I'm probably leaning more towards, like, a small bet after checking the flop and having him check again. And, like, trying to get called by, like, one heart hands or, like, a queen or something like that. But I'm not, I'm not, what do you think about this board? Here's what I'm, hmm. here's what I think. I think if you bet and get raised it's terrible. Like, I think it's like an absolute disaster. Right. That's true. So for that, and the thing is, you will have a lot of bet. You will have the best hand here, like a lot. So I just want to check. And then like, I pretty much want to call almost any river. If he bets. That's kind of my game right here. I kind of want to check and then pretty much call any river bet. And unless, I do kind of see the fourth heart comes, obviously. But And I do kind of see your point that you know, betting the previous street, you know, kind of makes more sense just because you have, like, we do have a lot of equity with two cards to come that if we get raised, you know, we are kind of priced in the call with sort of all our all our different equity. But here it's like, if we get raised, it's like, wow, top top is just like nothing. Right. Just, like, it's, yeah. it's literally nothing. And like, the thing is, if he check raises you here, he's absolutely going to bet river. And like, you could just lose a bunch of money here when you really don't need to. And, and you think about like, there's a, uh, there's a possibility, there's a way to play this hand that could involve you losing a lot of money, but there's absolutely no way to play this hand that ca causes you to win a lot of money. So I would really want to take the conservative route. Yeah. And that's what I was kind of thinking throughout the hand, like on the flop also, where I was like, wow, like, I just feel like, you know, a lot of the hands that call me, you know, I might be ahead, you know, I might be behind, but not that behind. Or I'm gonna get like one street of value max. Sure. So, so anyway, yeah, I I do actually check back here. I'm like, this just feels like way too thin. But I I do basically plan on calling a river because like when he checks the turn, it definitely does, you know, pr not preclude him, but at least lower the 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 probability that he's got a super strong hand. 
Yeah, I mean, I think he probably has a pair, is what I would imagine. So, I think if he checks to you on the river, there's some sort of interesting dynamics here. So, okay, what 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 rolls off on the river? So the river is a total brick. It's the four of clubs. Okay, I mean that that does make um. No, yeah, it's a total brick. Okay, it makes sure. four four a set. Yep, that is what it is what it does, sure. which is a handy you can have. That is and now it continues to yeah, get interesting. So on this board of nine, eight, seven, ten, four with three hearts, mm-hmm. into a pot of sixty-five, my opponent bets ten. Wow! And now I am like once again kind of thinking about really. I'm not thinking about folding. I'm thinking, can I raise this card for? Can I raise this bet for value? Because like this bet is so tiny, like. I don't really see him bluffing a lot with this sizing, and it feels like it probably is just like one pair that he's trying to be super thin with. Could he ever be trying to induce something here? He could be, or he could have like he also like something else. I think he probably could have is like bottom two or something. Like not necessarily bottom two, but like eight seven. Mm. Maybe like maybe maybe even one pair is too thin. I think I feel like he would bet eight seven on the turn. Maybe, but like it is a scary board to bet bottom two. So I'm not I'm not sure that he would all the time. Well, it's like, how, what are the worst hands that'll call you here? I guess like a worst ten, a, maybe a nine. I don't know. Right. It's just like one of these weird <laughs> spots where I'm like, I like this bet is so small. Like I want, I feel like I have the best hand, you know, a lot of the time. But like, I don't yeah. know if my raise accomplishes the goal that I want it to because. Like if he's bl- if he is like just bluffing and just wants to win with like absolute garbage and he's like oh this board's so scary this guy will fold anything like to any bet so I'm just gonna bet no money and like not risk anything then obviously yeah. I'm not getting more value but and and if he's betting for value I'm probably like I don't know can I, is that do I turn do I just like like I guess if I raise this ten like do I ever fold out any better hands like is there any you know can I turn it into a bluff and fold out two pair. No, I, I think that's a little... I think I think you have way too much showdown value to turn your hand into a bluff. I don't know. It's weird. I think if you raise... I mean, well, we wouldn't want to raise huge. You'd make it like 40, maybe? Yeah. Um, and then, like, he calls you with, like, King 10, maybe? It's So it, it seems too thin to you, also, is what you're saying. I don't know. It's... I, I just really don't want to get bet 3-bet. Right. It's sort of my concern, but if you don't, I mean, I don't know that this player is doing that, to be honest with you. So, right. like, really doing, like, a trying to induce. I think, I think there are enough, there are probably enough worse hands that would call. Like, there's, I mean, it's just, like, worse tens, probably. Um, yeah. Man, but there really aren't that many worse tens, huh? Especially because he limp, yeah. limp called pre. I guess you just check it back. Yeah, I just check it back. But you mean Kate call? He, he bet. Oh, yeah, sorry, call. Yeah, yeah, call. Yeah, then that's what I do. I basically decide. You know, I come to the same conclusion. But like, I was really thinking about this hand like for a little while of just thinking, wow, like what street was I supposed to be more aggressive on? Because I feel like I could have extracted more value, like from most hands in this range. As it happened, I called. He said queen high and mucked. Uh, wow. <laughs> so he did like I don't I guess he just like limp called from the small blind with like queen something suited like queen yep. five suited yep. probably yeah I think that um 
I think your answer to your question on what street to be more aggressive, I think it's the flop. Right. So, but I mean, I don't think you played this hand like badly or something. I, I think it was just like weird. It was a weird hand, but yeah. I mean, I think that like that nine, eight, seven board, it's, you have to really like, you have to like take a second and realize it's like, oh, this is blind versus blind. Like he doesn't really have the nut advantage here at all. You know, so I'm allowed to just bet liberally. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's kind of, the, I, I agree that I think, you know, I could have just bet the flop and then just like checked back. Like, I'll, I guess if, I mean, then it kind of comes, what is it, what happens on a, on the turn if it comes like a brick? Like, am, am I allowed to like keep betting if I don't pick up the backdoor spade draw? No, you probably, you probably check, try to see showdown with Ace High. Yeah, so just kind of an interesting, and I thought it was kind of an interesting spot. Yeah, very, no, it is a really interesting hand and an unusual one. I mean, there aren't a lot of blind, you don't end up playing blind versus blind a lot, so. Yeah, and cool. I feel like we did, in, we did in that session, which is weird. Yeah. I feel like I played a lot of blind versus blind hands. Well, all righty, everybody. We are going to take a quick break because we're bringing on a guest. We've got a guest on the show today. That's that's right. We're, we're bringing on our second guest. Um, so if you will hang tight, we will be right back. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, as we mentioned before the break, we do have a guest with us today. Uh, this is our our friend and fellow a fellow poker player, Off. Hey, Off, would you nice. like to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, nice to meet you guys. Um, thanks for having me on, by the way, uh, Josh and Mike. It's it's great. This is I always thought the it was cool ever since you guys made this. Um, well, my nice. name is Off. I play in the same online home games that Mike and Josh play in. I play a mixture of mainly no limit. I've been dabbling in a little bit PLO recently. I play a lot of uh, live poker. Uh, in general, I just love poker. Yeah. What what stakes do you play live? Uh, live, it's a mixture between one two and two five. Gotcha, gotcha. And you're uh, from Texas, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Okay, so that's uh, those are big games, right? Huh. Yeah, the games generally do run bigger. Like the one two is a five hundred cap, and wow. everybody's like straddling all the time, right? And the two fives, like whenever I play the two fives, it's more of a shot take because mm -hmm. you know it's a two five match the stack game, and everybody has a ten straddle going on, and it just gets crazy and wild. Sometimes it's insane. Sure, yeah, I'm sure I've, I've seen photos people post of like you know. People are in there for like a thousand bigs or whatever. Like, yeah, absolutely like awesome. just yesterday, one of my friends was playing a private game that runs um, around here. And he's like, yo, guys, I'm up $10,000. I'm like, dude, what? You're up $10,000 at a 2.5. Like, it, it's not sometimes. That's insane. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's way bigger. I mean, that's definitely way bigger than the games that we play in are. So that sounds like mm -hmm. you have a lot of opportunities to... Yeah, no, poker is great here, man. Poker, poker is booming here. That's great. I mean, I feel like Texas is like becoming the second like Vegas of poker. It seems to me in a way. Yeah, I honestly, for at least like you know, low to mid stakes live, I think poker is honestly better in Texas than Vegas. Wow. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just crazy action here. And there's just like such a big poker community. At least that's what I've noticed. Like in Vegas, the players were a lot tighter. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think you got to like find, like you got to be in Vegas at certain times when there's like a lot of yeah. tourists and stuff. Yeah. True. True. 
that's probably yeah. that's probably the way to do it. Texas has never been accused of being of playing tight. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that's that's fair. All right, well, so you've got um, you've got a hand for us. Yeah. So it's from people with the online home game that all of us play in. Uh, it's a fellow online home game member. His name is Frankie. Shout out Frankie. Uh, so the hand starts out. It, it's crazy, right? Twenty-five cent, fifty cent, two thousand dollars effective. Heads up. Okay, um, okay. okay. hold on. There. Right. Let's take a moment. <laughs> so this is like four thousand big blinds deep. Yeah, it's four thousand big blinds deep, and it's like all on the table. It's not like you're playing for two thousand dollars. It's like we are playing twenty-five cent, fifty cent with four k big blinds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so this is quite a bit deeper than. Uh, a regular twenty-five cent, fifty cent heads up. Yeah, and and how long has the game been going for? I feel like that's relevant in heads up matches. Yeah, the game has been going on for I want to say like we've been playing for six, seven hours at this point. Wow. We've okay. Been okay. Like a while. Yeah. Yeah. And are you up or is he up? Huh? Right, who's stuck? I think I'm up like hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> or something at this point. Wow. And so this is. Yeah, this is like a it's still, it's still been like relatively tame. We've had some like big pots, but like you know, the way the game was set up was I think it was like we do two hundred hands of no limit and then switch to two hundred hands of PLO. Wow. Okay. Yeah. This was a no limit hand. Uh, this was a no limit hand. Okay. Okay. All right. Interesting. So I'm on a button, right? I open King Queen of Hearts to one dollar fifty cents. He three bets me to six dollars, and you know we've been playing for a while, quite a bit of history with them. He's been three betting me super light, like he's he's shown seven deuce on occasion. He's shown some absolutely insane hands that you would not see in a three bet pot. So I decided to four bet this hand for value to eighteen, right? Okay, is, it, is then, there a consider? Uh, I just is there a consideration because he's three betting so light since your hand is relatively strong that you could just like call and then play a pot in position or did I, I you thought about that that's what i would generally do but since he's also calling um my three and four bets pretty wide i decided mm -hmm. that king queen of hearts was a good enough hand to like raise for value here like, sure. uh, like you know his range because yeah. he's not folding like a lot of you know he's not suiting folding like seven five suited suited mm -hmm. one gapper suited two gappers he's three betting me with all of those um, he's not folding low pocket pairs since we're this deep. He's basically not folding anything. He's three betting me with. This was the thought process that was going through my mind. And King Queen yeah. of Hearts is like a hand that plays well in position deep. No, I think that's a really good analysis there. I mean, if you're like, oh, he's going to call me with so many worse hands, then yeah, put more yeah. money in. I mean, that's is, like. Oh, go ahead, Josh. I was just going to say, is there any consideration? Have you guys been pretty much just opening to 150 consistently? Has there been any like increase in raise sizing as you? No, no, it, the, the race sizing has been pretty standard throughout, just to do all the 50 cents. And, okay, yeah. cool. And I guess my, the, I will say about king-queen suited specifically, mm -hmm. I read, I, I think it, this is not relevant in, in a heads-up match, I don't think, but in mm -hmm. a, in like a, you know, a, a foreign game or a six-max game, mm -hmm. um, I read something that I thought was very interesting about king-queen suited specifically, mm -hmm. uh, which was that it should almost not be taken for a four-bet almost ever because it performs so so terribly versus a five bet range yeah 
which I yeah. thought was sort of an interesting point, but I, that, that it does make sense to me, uh, I guess, I, I don't know, in, in like a, obviously a, a full ring game. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense because I mean, when you're getting four bet, right. Uh, a lot of that range will like just crush you. So you mainly, or if you got five bet, for instance, right, like if you yeah. four bet King Queen suit and get five bet, like that range should crush you. So I think, I mean, if I was playing a full ring game and I got five bet, I'd probably fold King Queen suited, probably defend, you know, hands that aren't dominated by that range. We're talking about like, uh, I don't know why I'd ever four bet these hands, but like six, seven suited, four or five suited. You know, our pocket pairs, because, you know, we know what we're doing with those hands. We know what we're trying to achieve. Like, pocket pairs hit a set, uh, low suited connectors, suited connectors hit a straight or a flush. But, like, king-queen suited, like, you hit your top pair, and you're deep in a five-bet pot. Uh, it's going to be a sticky situation. Yeah, you're going to have a bad time. But, no, absolutely. I mean, especially in an extremely deep situation. Yeah. You, know, you can call a five bet with a hand with insanely good implied odds. And, you know, you can, sure. you can make a lot of money. Yeah. So okay. this is where the hand gets, you know, it it kind of, that's crazy that you brought up five bets, right? Sure. He decides to five bet me to $65. Okay. So, so this your, your bet was 18? Yeah. Wow. So this is a large... Five. It's a big four bet, yeah. Or, or I decided five. to four bet three uh, x since we're very very deep. No, the four bet saying I'm just saying the five bet's really big. Right? Uh, the five, five bet was five. massive too. That that's yeah. a huge five bet. Yeah, but you know I don't like folding. I I hate folding actually. So I decided to call slide pot in position. You know, and to be honest, you you probably still have the implied odds to like do this with like. Make you know the odds that you know your your odds of making like two pairs straights flushes sure. like like even the nut flushes there is still you know there is still going to be like twenty x pot behind yeah so, like even in a five bet pot generally uh, against most opponents if I got five bet this big I would just fold right because sure. I mean if the flop comes king queen deuce and the villain is piling money in the middle. Like, we're not doing well against the five betting range here. Like, king-queen facing, like, if we're facing, like, you know, a huge jam on the river, we just have a bluff catcher because he has more kings than us. Sure, although you are blocking. And our two pairs are often dominated here. Sure. I yeah. think you are blocking king-king and queen-queen, of course. If yeah, you have we, we are blocking it, but, you know, um, lots of the fake. Yes, that's true. Blockers are not real. I learned that in BLM. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I have learned many expensive lessons that, you know, <laughs> blockers, it's an imaginary figment. Yeah, because I, I kind of think, I'm kind of inclined to think that, like, if you flop king-queen-deuce with this hand and, like, he bets three times, like, I think it's just, like, we are doing actually, I, I would say we probably are doing well against this range, because just because he has so many combos of aces compared to kings and yeah. queens, right? He's got, like, six combos of aces, but only one of kings and queens, so, like... You know, right. I mean, yes, it's a bluff catcher, but I think we just have to kind of, like, side call. But he really has to think, what are we calling down, you know, two streets with on a king-queen-x board in a five-bet pot? Because, like, I feel like the more bets that happen pre-flop in hand, ranges are much more narrower and condensed, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. So, like, Speaking the amount of hands that we have in our calling range, uh, it's not, like... It's not a range that Aces wants to go three streets with. That's true. And honestly, like, even Queens, like, 
Yeah. I don't even know if, like, a set of queens would want to, like, go max value and, like, play for stacks. It, like, this sure. deep. It's so, like, it's, it is, I, I know, I know what you're saying, and it's, like, weird, yeah. right? Because, like, w would you six bet anything here? Like, what, what does your, out of curiosity, what would your six bet range look like? At these, uh, at this I mean, cap. in general, I don't have a five betting range at all, right? Unless it's super exploitative, and I don't think the person is capable of folding a good hand. But sure. in general, against a valid player, I don't, I don't five bet or six bet. But if I were to have a six bet range, it would probably just be aces, or maybe five percent of the time, like something like ace twos, ace three, ace four suited. Yeah, and or, I think not having one is completely. You know, not not having a six bet or five bet range is completely is completely fine. The problem with having like a, when you include a five betting range, it's just so hard to balance, right? Like Absolutely. if you get if you get five bet, I mean, it's happened to me live, right? Where you know, random person five bets you, and you have ace king. I usually just fold in spots like that if we're deep because uh, they're never bluffing here. They don't have worse. They yeah. usually just have aces or kings in this in these spots because they're not balanced. I mean, no one's balanced in these spots. It's like the I, polar extreme ends of poker. Hundred percent. But it sounds like you think that that your that villain here is in this scenario because it's a heads up match and you two have been playing mm -hmm. for so long has some has some bluffs. What, what what do you think those bluffs are? So I didn't necessarily think he had bluffs. Right. Um, mm. I thought he could be overplaying a hand i thought he could potentially be i mean i guess it is a bluff at this point if you're you know five betting nines tens jacks and mm. you know uh i think i i definitely did put aces kings queens in his range and in the moment like i was like you know we have this much to play for behind uh we're hella deep and i'm in position so i think i can call this because if i hit my flush or i hit a straight you know, I get his whole stack if he has, you know, right. aces, kings, or something like that. Is he ever doing this with like ace five, ace four, ace three suited? Hmm? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's doing that. Like in in theory, I think I should definitely fold here because I didn't give him, you know, ace deuce, ace three, ace four suited. But I hate folding. Well, I'm actually saying that if you don't think he's doing the with those mm -hmm. hands, like your flush draw is very much alive because he'll never make the yeah. flush. Because that's always the concern. If you if you think his hand contain if his range contains those types of hands, I would be really concerned about calling here and getting absolutely right. wrecked flush over flush. I yeah. inside flush. So right. I think that if you really don't think he's ever doing that, well, then mm -hmm. he can't have like ace king of hearts or ace queen of hearts, obviously. And I am assuming he's not doing this with ace jack of hearts. So right. you're probably like, if you make a flush here, it's going to be awesome. So right. Um, right. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So any, any other preflop thoughts, Josh? No, I think this all. I think I think I'm good now. So let's 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 move on. So the flop comes queen jack ten two diamonds, right? Uh, pretty interesting board and a five bet pot. Uh, hey, that yeah. ace king gets there, right? Ace king is the nuts, and yeah. he decides to bet a hundred dollars, right? Is, is there a heart on the board? Out of curiosity, mm -hmm. is the uh, there's not a heart on the board now. And in the queen is the queen a diamond? Mm hmm. Uh, the queen is a diamond, and okay. the ten is a diamond. The jack's a club. Okay, so yeah, okay, so it's just not—it's not possible for him to have like top pair and flush draw. That's just always the the question. So yeah, um, yeah. So queen jack ten, and he bets a hundred into one thirty. Is that right? We're at one thirty. 
Wait, wait, no, it wasn't the jack wasn't a club. The, the jack. jack was a spade, my bad. A spade. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me let me I'm sorry about this. It's I mean, oh, it's not really relevant. If it's not a heart and it's not a diamond, you know. No, never mind. The jack is a heart. The jack is a heart. Oh, the jack is a heart. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so you have a backdoor flush draw here, and he bets a hundred yeah. into one thirty. He bets a hundred into one thirty. Wow, that's insane well, size. Pretty big bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he just, I mean, but it's kind of interesting because, like, he doesn't actually really have like a nut advantage. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I was thinking in the moment. I'm like, I have more ace king than he does. I have more queens. I have more jacks. I have more tens than he does here, right? Because yeah. I mean, a five betting range should, I mean, you know, for I, value, he should have aces and kings. Yeah, I mean, if I'm him, I'm checking. <laughs> this board i think yeah and a five bet pot yeah uh, and the he bet so big and i block ace king right and well, i block queen so i'm like i think i have a pretty standard continue here yeah i will say though given that i think i would check if i were him that means that you should have some large bets with like the nuts maybe and right. like maybe some kind of like Ace five of diamonds or something. Although you say mm -hmm. he probably doesn't have that, but theoretically in the world right. here, you know, he could have like ace five of diamonds. You maybe mm -hmm. want to just take an extremely large size. So if he literally has ace king here, maybe it is perfectly reasonable of him to make this take this large sizing. So maybe, maybe it's not so crazy. I don't know. What, what do you think, Josh? I mean, I just think this range is so unbalanced. Like his five betting ranges are so mm -hmm. like tight. Like, what are hit like, as you said, Mike, what are his bluff combos? Like, does he really have random ace-x? Like, I don't know. Does he have ace-jack of diamonds as, like, middle pair with a diamond that he's, like, bluffing with? Wow. Well, and so that's a royal flush draw. That's royal flush draw. That probably actually is not a bluff at that point. But Yeah, but also he probably, he probably doesn't five-bet ace-jack of diamonds. One would Yeah, think. for sure not. So never mind. Yeah, I, I feel like he probably has ace-king here, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But That's I do think we can call. I th and I think we can call on street. I mean, we do have the backdoor flush draw. We have, like, still plen like, plenty of outs, I think. Like, it's not ace-king enough that we can probably call one street. Is that... Yeah, that's... that's yeah, no, that's, that's what I thought of in the moment. I mean, I'm just like, what wants a bet so big here? Does ace-king even want to bet this big? Because it's getting, you know... I mean, yeah, I guess it targets a lot of what I hit on this board because I'm calling a five bet with queens, jacks, tens, but I also have a good amount of ace king myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only combinations of ace king I think he's really going to be five betting me with would be ace king suited, right? Right. So they're like three. Yeah, three combos. So I'm yeah. like, I think I have a pretty standard defend here. Like, I, it, it, I, I just don't think I can fold this flop ever, especially since I'm also drawing the nuts, right? I agree, which is why I actually think it is okay for him to take this big sizing because I probably I think you probably aren't ever folding your range here. So I, I think if he has yeah. if he actually has the nuts, if he has his king, I think it's okay to take the sizing. So mm -hmm. but, so okay, so you call. So we're right. Call. The turns the turns the three of clubs. It's a relative uh, relative brick, right? Yeah. Uh, brick, brick City, as I've said it before and I've and I'll say it again. <laughs> yeah, we've never brick been wrong City, about indeed. that one. Um but yeah, Brick City. Uh, and okay. then he bets 210, right? Wow. He bets $210 on the turn. And I'm here thinking, huh. I mean, I still have top pair. It's heads up. I'm still drawing to the nuts. Um, well, you, are I now, you, to you, now, you now have 
I mean, I'm thinking about like if a nine comes, you know, mm-hmm. you know, I guess you make a straight. You might not even be good though if he has ace king. I mean, right. You're kind of drawing to a a gutter, which right. isn't like but, yeah. In my mind, I don't know. Like, he's repping three combos. He's repping so slim here, especially since you know I block ace king of hearts. Uh, he's repping so thin here because I think kings and aces. Uh, are definitely, you know, they're not betting. First of all, they're not betting the flop that big. I don't think they're going to be betting the turn. He's going to be, he should be doing a lot of checking on this turn because he doesn't want to really get raised, right? Even right. if you have like queens here, I think you're going to be checking this because it's a five bet pot. I have tons of ace king. So, so what do you think his bluffs are? Uh, his bluffs in the moment, I was thinking that he could have something like pocket nines that he could be turning into a bluff, right? Interesting. Pocket nines, which is an open-ender on the flop. Uh, I think I put some, like, suited ace-x in his range, right? As we were talking about earlier. I'm like, okay, what if he just has, like, a flush draw here, right? Okay, like ace-nine of diamonds for, like... Yeah, ace-nine, ace-seven, ace-six. Like a flush draw open-ender. But like in general, this whole hand, whole hand wasn't um, making a ton of sense to me, right? Because I played with this player a lot, and uh, this isn't our first heads up, by the way. We played heads up before, and I mean, he's sizing down considerably on the turn. I guess I mean he's not even setting up for a pot size jam on the river with this bet. Well, how big would he have to go to set up a pot size bet? A process jam on the river. Like, let's say he overbet like 1.5x. Yeah, he'd have to overbet here. And I think this particular player, if he had Ace King here, he would definitely pot it since we had like so much to play for behind. Sure, and he wants to get all the money. Would he, would he ever go for like a check raise? Hmm? Uh, I don't think I don't think he's going for check raises on this board and giving me a free card because this hits yeah. me so hard. Sure. I, I, I think that's a really interesting point about like him betting like he would have like bet like 500 or something to set up the river jam like mm-hmm. if he if he had the nuts yeah but, like i still i like i'm not i'm still not sure like i guess he does have some pocket nines maybe like it seems like a like a bit like a weird to five bet but like he, i guess if he's five betting bluffs but yes if he has nines i think he is definitely doing this mm-hmm. i'm just as as we kind of talked about earlier like given how narrow the five betting range is yeah, I don't know that he necessarily has that, but I mean, you kind of sounds like you know this player's heads up tendencies much better than we do. So, you know, right. if you think that he's got pocket nines and he would be taking the same line with ace x the diamonds, then like, it's definitely possible. It's, I don't think he's ever taking this line with something like you know, queen. I'm trying to think like queen eight, queen x that he could be turning into a bluff, right? I don't think he really five bets any queen x here. With ace queen? Ace queen? Is this ever ace queen? I'm just curious. I don't think I ace queen didn't cross my mind when I was thinking, what does he bet the turn with, right? I'm like, why are you betting ace queen on the flop that big? Right? You're only yeah. like you're tar- you're blocking the hands that you're targeting a call. Mm-hmm. And why would it bet the turn again? That's yeah. that didn't occur to me. In the moment. And, and not not only that, but like we also like I would assume that his five betting range is going to be more ace queen suited, and yeah. there are only two combos of that at this point because there's a queen mm-hmm. and we have a queen. So right. 
Like, if it was ace-queen offsuit, then, like, we might be a little concerned. Because, like, this sort of two-thirds sizing is mm -hmm. a it's just weird. Because, like, it's, like, now I'm, now I'm almost thinking, like, does he have, like, pocket kings and, like... Yeah. Big on the flop for some reason, and now he's, like, scaling it back a little bit because he doesn't actually want to play for stacks. Yeah, with the two-thirds sizing, I'm like, why is he depolarizing depolarizing himself after the flop bet? Like, the line isn't consistent. It doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I agree it's weird. I agree it's weird. I just, I wonder, like, are you planning to call across, like, brick rivers, basically, here? I was, in my mind, I'm like, okay, villain has a bluff, right? He mm -hmm. should be shutting down on most rivers here. Because after I call a turn, my range is pretty narrow, right? And I have so many strong hands that I can call down with here. I mean, king-queen will be in the bottom high range, but I'm a bit of a station. And, I mean, I'm still alive, in my, in my head. Are there, is, do you have a raising range on this turn? Like, would you, ra would you raise your own ace-kings or sets? Or, or are you pretty happy? Are you just going to call down? I'm just down? happy with calling down with my ace-king and sets. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I have a raising range in a five-bet pot. On either the flop or the turn, <laughs> really, because like when you when you raise in a five bet pot in a situation like this, like your range is literally so narrow. I don't think even queens really wants to raise here, right? Yeah, you're saying I have ace king and ace king only. No, I think we I agree with you, and this is another thing Mike and I talked about a little bit recently. Was like, mm -hmm. you know, raising ranges in five bet pots is like so often just like not that strong of a hand because yeah. You know, his range is, as you've mentioned, is also just like ridiculously strong. Right, right. Yeah, like why am I trying to raise into an uncapped range here? Or actually, no, when I, when I think about it, my range is more uncapped than his, than his here. So I could theoretically raise, but I mean, I, I don't see why I ever would. It's just so hard to ever have bluffs in these spots. Like if I had something like, you know, Ace Five of Diamonds that I called with pre flop. I would probably just call turn. Like, there's no reason to turn my hand into a bluff. Or there is a reason to turn my hand into a bluff. I'm probably not good, but the question is, can I get better to fold? Yeah, you, you, you'd have to, it'd have to be, like, on the river. you maybe go for your raise or something. Um, right. Yeah, because you're in position. I mean, man, I don't know. I kind of want to fold here, just, like, mm -hmm. I'm being honest. Like, I just want to fold because we are at the bottom of our range, pretty much. Um, right. Like, we have so many stronger... Like, I guess I'm worried, like, are we... We are losing to some of... Like, if you think he's capable of turning kings into a bluff here, which is possible, right. like, we're mm -hmm. losing to that hand. Right. Um, so, I guess I want to just fold since we're at the bottom of range. Because, like, we have... As you pointed out, we have queen-queen, we have jack-jack, we have 10-10, we have our own ace Right. We have better hands to fall down with. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. But, anyways, you know, we end up calling, right? And fair the enough. turn is the jack of clubs, right? And then, the river. yeah, the river, the river, and he checks this river, right? When he wow. checks this river, I'm like, huh. First of all, what do I beat here? I lose to ace queen. I lose to kings. I lose to aces, right? I lose to ace king. Um, I couldn't really think of that many hands that he would, you know, check river with. Well, you're saying he would might give up on a bluff, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I beat ace x of diamonds. But, I don't know. For some reason, you know, you ever have that gut feeling in poker? Like, the white magic that uh, Phil Hummute calls it? That's just telling you, you're not good here. You're not good. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so you think he has like King King or something like that, maybe. Yeah, so I'm, I'm like, sure. okay, he could have King King here, he could have Aces here, he has Ace King in his range, but once, what wants to check this river? I guess Ace King would want to check this river, because I arrived to the river, I should be arriving to the river with a really strong range, right? Yeah, you can make, like, this is such a nut-changing card, like, you have so many sets as played, like, you can't right. just, like... You could this could card could give you the best hand a lot. Like I think it's much right. better for you than it is for him. Would you, do you think that's that's true, Josh? Yeah, I, I think it's this is like a really interesting scenario because if he has a hand like I, I just don't know that he's like gonna be folding this river a ton just because mm -hmm. like while we do we obviously do make a lot of boats, like as you said, we had a ton of sets, but also like the the, the absolute number of combos of sets has like go goes down a lot, right? Because the right. board pairs. And, like, we probably don't have, like, queen-jack, right? Like, king-queen is probably close to the bottom of our, like, five- I think we'll have queen-jack suited here. I mean, I think we'll have- we can arrive to the river with queen-jack suited pretty easily. Okay. You, you're, if you're calling, you're saying you would call pre with queen-jack suited. Of course. I'm not, I'm not folding that many hands to villain this deep. Okay. Well, then, yeah. So then you can- I think we're four-betting queen-jack suited. If I got really out of line, I would probably four bet at some frequency because you know villain is three betting do seven offsuit. Right. Right. So, and also, this is a this is a like a seven hour long heads up match. Like you're, there's going to be some like unorthodox lines being taken because you have sure. to. So I, I don't think that that's yeah um, yeah and that's and that's yeah. fine. So okay, so Queen Jack definitely does you know up the boat combos we can have on this river a lot because I'm just kind of thinking you know. If our goal here is to like turn our hand into a bluff, yeah, like we kind of have to think about how many value combos we're actually repping, right? Which is like you know one. There's one combo of queen jack suited. I think there's one that, combo of queen jack suited. We have we have queens that we arrived to the river with. We have definitely. tens that we arrived to the river with. Definitely, and we have quads that we arrived to the river with. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And I will say one thing too, which is actually really important here is. Mm -hmm. He has capped his range at Ace King. I, I actually think he probably never takes a boat this way. I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think so, he does either. I think he will definitely still bet his boats. So I actually think they say that when you have the nut advantage and your opponent can never have the nuts, you mm -hmm. are allowed to bet literally as big as you can. So you are right. allowed to jam here, despite the fact that I think it would be a two x pot jam, right? Mm -hmm. Doing the math right. I think yeah. you are allowed to do that. So I decide not to go on a jam sizing, right? <laughs> I bet 130% pot in the river. I bet $1,000, right? 1000 into, what is the pot? It's like 750 Yeah, around there. 750 Yeah, I mean, I, I actually do kind of like it. Like, I think it's... For all you know, I, everything I said about the you mm -hmm. know, you, you only have so many combos, but I think that point that like his range is capped at Ace King, and I agree right. that ours isn't. Like you're not, I, I I generally agree that you know there's no reason to really have a raising range on the turn, which means you can like literally still have every mm -hmm. strong hand here, and like he's calling like if he has even if he has Ace King, which is his best hand, he's basically calling to chop at yeah. best most of the time, right? Right. This was what went through my mind, and I'm first of all I'm like. How did I arrive to the river here, right? Because, like you guys said, I think I should have definitely folded turn, but I am a station, and I'm looking up villain pretty light, right? But, you know, 
I just had a gut feeling that I was going to be good. So I bet $1,000 to try to fold out a range of aces, kings, and ace-king, right? Okay. And yeah. I don't think I ever arrives to the river with ace-queen through this line. So I just, you know, crossed that out of the realm of possibility. And now he's in agony. And I would say he, if he does, he snap-folds ace-queen. Yeah, yeah, he definitely snap-folds ace-queen here. He's yeah. in agony, right? And then he goes... How did I arrive to the river with this? Right? I'm like, what does he have? Oh my right? God. I'm like, I'm trying to fold out Ace King here. He's like, how do I have Jack Eight of Spades here? I'm sorry, what? He how what is, Jack how eight does he? It's a good Jack question. Eight. So this man has rivered trips. He has rivered trips on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I good the whole what? way through. Wow. 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 Okay. 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 Right? So here I am, like, what the f- actual fuck is going on, right? How does he? What? The yeah. I was in shock for a second, and um, yeah, he he's tanking. He's using up his entire time bank, and I decided to do something really fucking stupid, like really really dumb. I'm like, I'll tell you one of my cards, right? Mm. I, okay. I I'm like, okay, pick, right? And you know, we have, I mean, we're really good friends. So, uh, we like, it, it's like a gentleman's agreement between us, right? Like I've been in these situations before with him and he's been honorable about it and he knows I'd be honorable about it. So he chooses the card, which is the queen, right? And I say okay. the queen of hearts. Well, that's a better one for him to choose. Oh, hundred percent. That is a, that, that is the card I wanted him to choose. Yeah. And I think, but I think like, even if he takes the king, he's still going to be in agony. Because, yeah. like, Jack-8 is basically aces or kings, but it blocks one value. Like, it might be worse, because, like, it only blocks one value combo, which is, mm-hmm. like, pocket jacks for quads. But right. you still have, like, all, like, every single ace-king here. Like, 16 right. combos of ace-king. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's, like, I mean, honestly, like, I, that makes me think that I, like, I'm, you know, showing the king might actually be better for us. Honestly, maybe. Maybe the queen, yeah. like, you know, him picking the queen... Makes it seem like I would. It's just like the perfect card for him to pick, uh, for me to bluff. So yeah, it seems like you have lighter. queen queen. It, like you're, you're so at that point, mm-hmm. it's just like oh queen queen. Okay. Right, but at right. that point is there's more. Basically, there's more combos of ace king right. than like queen queen because also the you know when he sees your queen of hearts, you know he knows you can't have queen. Like you would have had to have queen jack offsuit for you to have that hand now at this point. Right. So right. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. It would have been better if he picked the king because then it looks like you have ace king. So right. Yeah. But then he might also think, why is he overbetting a a board pairing river with Ace King? So it's kind of mm-hmm. there's it's kind it's very this is a very complex well, hand. I actually think if you had Ace King here, I actually do like a really large sizing because you might 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 fold out a chop, and he never mm-hmm. has a boat. So I actually do still yeah. like huge sizing with Ace King. If Good you point. I forgot, I forgot about I forgot about the whole range capping thing because I'm bad at yeah. poker. So, anyways, he's in, he's in agony. He's in complete agony. He's like, what would you be even turning into a bluff here, right? Sure. He's like, why would you be turning ace-queen into a bluff, right? First of okay. all, I don't think I would be turning to ace-queen into a bluff if I arrived to the river with it, because, like, I beat king-queen, right? And I'm just like, I mean, I wasn't saying anything, right? I wasn't saying anything at this point, because I just wanted to fold. Like for the love of God, I was I was just holding on. It was like I was on a roller coaster at this point. So but what did he do? He ended up tank folding, 
right? Woo! And then he's like, show the queens, right? I <laughs> show King Queen suited. And he's like, wow, that that's like probably like the craziest hand I played in a minute. Wow. Well, yeah. wow. Nice job. Yeah, Thank I do you. like, I think you've convinced me that that river shove is like good. Or not shove, but that river large bet like makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I told it to a couple of my friends who were pretty good at poker as one. They're like, why are you turning this hand into a bluff? Right. And no, I'm like, I, 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 just, I just didn't think I was good. I don't think uh, you're ever good there, to be honest. Down, with you. down to, yeah. I can't I really think of a hand that, like, I beat. Unless, like, he just gives up with, like, Asex of Diamonds. I, I just couldn't think of a hand that I beat. Yeah. That's, yep. that's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, a no, sick was, hand. It was a crazy hand. Uh, shout out Frankie. That heads up match went. That was that was a crazy heads up match. He finished up because he's better at PLO than me. So you know, I got I kind of got rinsed there. I was just like over bluffing every spot. Every time I had a block or I had three bet the turn, jam the river. <laughs> it was uh, it was fun. Mike wrecked yeah. me in some heads up PLO this weekend <laughs> as well. Yeah. So it was a matter of pure luck and no skill. But yes, that did occur. <laughs> um, yeah, heads up PLO is another another story. Well, yeah, you know, that was an insane hand that I played. Probably like one of the most fun and crazy, out of blind, out of pocket hands ever. Yeah, seriously. Well, well, thanks so much for sharing that with us, and thanks so much for for joining us t- today, Al. No problem. Thank you for having me on, Mike and Josh. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was an awesome hand, and hopefully, like really a different, you know, different fare than our usual. So nice to nice to mix things up and hear some some you know actually interest you know good hand analysis yeah no problem thank you thank you yeah, yeah. thanks for you guys' input you guys you know like after going through the hand and you know analyzing with you guys there's different points that i'm like okay this is a punt this is a punt this is a punt but you know it's interesting seeing uh that other perspective yeah, absolutely. We are we are experts in punting, so happy to <laughs> happy, happy to share that. So, all right, well, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please uh, uh, like the video, subscribe, and put in the comments uh, how you might have played the hands better than us. And uh, tune in next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Right, see you guys.